And welcome to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. And if you guys need a special battery, whether it's a regular battery or uh, something special that's very rare and hard to find, stop by your local Interstate Battery retail location and talk with a battery expert. These guys are very knowledgeable in the products that they sell and they can get you what you want, when you want it, whether it's a truck battery, whether it's a special battery for like a rangefinder or trail camera batteries, any type of battery, these guys are able to get it for you. So stop into a uh, interstate battery retail location, talk with a specialist, or if you want to learn about the culture, the company of interstate batteries, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, brought to you by Expedition Archery. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number 68, where I talk with Justin Allen of Woodroad Gear Company. Hello, and thanks again for tuning into the Transition Wild Podcast, the number one source for Western big game hunting. Man, I got really excited because I've been seeing a lot of people uh, sharing their results for tags that they put in for, uh, and I was hoping Colorado was, for some reason, releasing their draw dates early, but um, I, I got on the website and I see now that it's not until... June 1st through the 5th is when they're going to post those draw results. So I was chomping at the bit. I got kind of excited there for a second, and uh, I'll just have to wait another couple weeks. <laughs> but I'm hoping I really get I, – I, I'm hoping I get that tag, my mule deer tag. I'm, I've been excited about that. I should get it. I, there shouldn't be any reason why I won't, but still, it's just kind of like, ah, I just want to know already so I can start making some plans. And, you know, it's going to be here before we know it. I can't believe we're already, you know, halfway through June or halfway through May. It's going to be June, July, August, and then archery season here in Colorado kicks off September 2nd. So it's coming around the pipe, man. I got to get in shape. I got to I gotta start shooting my bow more. Actually, I've been shooting my bow quite a bit, which has been, been fun, really enjoying the new uh, expedition this year. Uh, I love that bow. I recently posted an article about that. So if you want to know a little bit more about my initial thoughts on their flagship bow for this year, cruise on over to transitionwild.com and, and give that a read. Uh, post some photos and some specs and kind of what I'm digging so far. I'm really loving it. So if you get a chance to check that out. My guest today is Justin Allen of Woodroad Gear Company. And this is a this is a really interesting episode. I um, we had a lot of fun talking to him. Woodroad Gear Co. currently makes a, a lineup of badass uh, hunting socks, outdoor socks, hiking socks, whatever you want to use them for. But uh, really unique features about them, and we talk about some applications for Western hunting and uh, you know finding a good pair of socks that's going to meet the demands of some rugged country and stay dry and moisture wicking and comfortable for those long hikes. So I uh, talked with Justin about his starting the company and kind of the design and, you know, technical, 
technical aspects of his gear and and what he's got coming out for the future. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, definitely stay tuned all the way till the end because I'm, uh, we are doing a giveaway. You know, we're going to announce three lucky winners and you're going to win a prize pack of couple pair of socks and a hat so stay tuned to that and see how you can enter to win and let's not wait any longer let's get justin allen on the line before we begin today's episode is brought to you by expedition archery manufacturer of the world's finest archery experience expedition bows combine aerospace level quality innovative designs and a fluid feel serious hunters demand Test drive one today at your nearest archery retailer and view their full lineup at expeditionarchery.com. Why settle for status quo when opportunity and adventure awaits? Make your next hunt an expedition. All right, on the line with us now, we have Justin Allen with Woodroad Gear Co. How are you today, Justin? Man, fantastic. Super happy to be talking with you today. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad we've, we've crossed paths by... Coworker Pete, uh, colleague Pete, linked us up, and uh, really happy to learn more about what you have going on and and uh, everything about Woodroad Gear and a little bit about yourself too. So I think it'll be fun. No doubt, yeah. Pete's a great guy. I'm glad that we have that shared connection. He's been a he's been a ton of fun to work uh, work with, as you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Pete's a hell of a dude. I'll be seeing him here in a couple weeks. I he lives over in Salida, Colorado. And I got to get over there to the the Western Archery place. I want to pick up some, start working on my bow more, you know. So I want to pick up like a bow press and like other things. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit those guys up over there at Western Recreation. There, I think they're in Buena Vista, pretty close to where he's at. So I'll uh, get over there in a couple of weeks and meet up with Pete and probably have a beer or two with him. It'll be fun. <laughs> Yeah, one of the challenges of living in Austin is you don't have a ton of uh, direct flights around the country, but Denver is a good direct flight, and, and I love to get out there and explore a little bit. Um, you know, Kremlin is one of the places I like to go pretty frequently, so nice. maybe uh, maybe the next time I'm out there, hit you and Pete up and uh, get after it. Yeah, for sure. Kremlin's, Kremlin's a cool area. That's, that's uh, not too far away from, you know, Quiet Cat office and everything as well i think it's only like an hour drive from where we're at so not too bad at all yeah i love it that's great so you're in you're in austin texas is is that so that's where you currently live i'm guessing and is that are you originally from texas yeah yeah no i'm not i actually i've i've lived in texas off and on for the last you know probably 18 years or so and uh actually grew up in Maine. So, uh, this is pretty different from the climate and the country that I, that I grew up in, but I love it. It's a uh, great people, great, uh, great countryside, lots of, lots of good attitudes and, and perspectives on life here in Texas. So, <laughs> so it's been, it's been a lot of fun to live here. And, uh, I've been in Austin for the last five years. Um, I oh, wow. uh, moved down here to, uh, start a job with Yeti, uh, back in early 2015. So, um, but it's one of those places where once you get there, you realize that it's just going to be your home forever. You know, it's just, again, good people. We live uh, west of the city in a little town called Dripping Springs. And, uh, man, it's just, a, it's just a fun place to be and good access to all the things we like to do. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a good place to call home. For sure. I've, I've heard really good things about Austin. I've never spent any time there. I've driven through. Uh, I spent a decent amount of time in Fort Worth and Dallas. And even when I go down there... 
I mean, yeah, it's just like the people, I don't know. I never thought I could imagine myself living in Texas ever, but after spending a pretty decent amount of time down there, like, you know, it's, it's definitely a spot I could move to if, if, if it ever, you know, came to be, I, I I just love it down there. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Well, it's, you know, it's one of the things that, um, that I love about down here is, is again, just the variety of places to see and, and, and people that live here. One of the challenges though, is unlike Maine or, or Colorado or some of these other places that have big tracts of, of public land, there's just not a lot of public property that's mm. uh, easily accessible here. So that, that is a challenge of living in Texas. So if you, you know, when growing up, I would hunt with my grandfather or my buddies in high school or whatever, and we would just go find, you know, we knew of these, these places that were just, you know, fantastic out of the way spots where no one else was going to be, uh, no one else was going to be hunting. And, and we just kind of, even though it was public land, we were so familiar with it that, that it was just kind of, we felt like it was ours, you know? Yeah. And in Texas, you know, you, every, everywhere you drive for the most part, everything's fenced. You can't get into it. Um, it's private land. So you've got to either know someone have a deer lease or, you know, take a, uh, you know, jump into one of the lotteries for a 500 acre tract here or there where the state is uh, letting people hunt. So it's a totally different experience. Um, but I've also kind of grown to appreciate how people hunt down here and, and, uh, and, and how people harvest meat, which is, you know, so different than the uh, other places in the country. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Texas is a interesting animal when it comes to that standpoint and then yeah i think like texas is what like two percent public lands statewide like i mean it's not i mean mean, acreage wise it's a lot but yeah 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 (laughs) like you know just because texas is so huge like it's actually like millions of acres but when you look at it as the the land mass i mean two percent's really low comparatively to like eagle county uh colorado where quiet cats based it's 80 percent public lands you know which is crazy it's crazy to think about it's it like is. wow man that's a lot of land to run around on yeah it's a, it's it's a, it's so nice when you go out to a place like that and you can just go explore um but there is something to be said for you know owning land and being able to be a good steward of it and and there there are people in texas that own these massive tracts of land that are just phenomenal at making sure that land is pristine and and are are doing some incredible things for the ecosystem so i mean it's a balance and and uh, you know who knows who's got it right but it is a bit of a challenge if you're trying to get out on on some uh, new new public land here in texas it can be a a bit of an effort for sure for sure so what's what's your spring looked like have you uh, do you hunt turkeys Have, have you been getting outside during this whole crazy corona zombie apocalypse or what what's that yeah, look like right. yeah no I, i've uh, i haven't been out at all this year which is a bit disappointing but um but i've also uh, been working a lot on the, on my on my business on wood road on getting it rolling and, and that's taken up a ton of time so yeah it's 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 a passion for me and uh, i'm having a ton of fun um i and and part of part of this is you know I've been hunting for the last, you know, five years or so here in Texas, um, the traditional, uh, Texas way, which is, you know, you've got a feeder, you got a blind, you're, you're spitting corn out on the, on these roads before you get into the blind and you're, you're making sure that 
you're uh, you're super um, dialed into which deer that shows up at the feeder is, <laughs> is the one you're going to take home and put in your freezer. So, I mean, and and that's fantastic. It, it, you know, we've got venison in the freezer all year. It's just it's just it's just awesome. I, I love it. But there's also something about you know getting after a, a backwoods hunt where you're where you've got to trek to your base camp and you've got to spend a few days really getting to know the land and 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 you're it's not guaranteed that you're going to be successful and you've got to put in that prep and so what I've been trying to focus on over the last um, over the last few months is really just getting into good physical shape um, so that uh, when I do jump after one of those hunts this fall. Um, I'm ready to go and, and I've got the, the right stamina to, to get after it and, and, um, give it my best shot. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a, that's what I tell a lot of people. It's just do as much as you can physically to get prepared. Cause it's only, only going to help you on the mountain and, and some of those remote, remote hunts and, and the elevation is another thing. You know, I, 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 I run a, camp out here for hunters i don't do any guiding but we just do cabin rentals for people wanting to do elk hunts and it all backs up to national forests so they can do whatever they want and and do all that hunting but the cabin property sits at ten thousand feet you know so wow. i tell people you got to kind of take it easy the first day or two especially if you're coming from the midwest or you know i've got people coming in from flat you know florida and and you know where you're basically at sea level so you, you've gotta you gotta be smart about that yeah. and hopefully you've done your done your preparation and and, and physical prep if not you gotta kind of take it easy and and ease into it that's for sure yeah no doubt there's nothing like sucking wind at ten thousand feet when you feel like you should be in great shape <laughs> uh, the, the, the number of times i've been out to colorado or or new mexico or you know any any of these spots and um, thought, man, I'm, I'm in the peak physical condition of my life and then go for a, a hike up in the mountains or something and feel like I'm getting stabbed in the chest. You know, it's just a, it's humbling, humbling for sure. hundred percent. But I definitely kind of appreciate Texas hunting. Like where I grew up in Michigan, like we didn't, we definitely baited throughout the corn, uh, small, tra- you know, tracks of land, private land, whatever is what I, what I grew up on. And Although I love just miles and miles of endless opportunity out here, I kind of like just being able to walk two minutes to a tree stand and and sit my happy ass down and you know and, <laughs> and wait for something to come in. I kind of I kind of miss the the ease of access. Whereas like if you're trying to get into elk, like I mean you got to plan it. You got to plan pretty much a whole day, half a day. I mean three four hours to have a decent hunt. And, uh, you know, so I, I definitely can appreciate just going out, sitting over a, you know, a feeder or a stand and it's, you know, it's a different style of hunting, but I, I kind of embrace that a little bit more cause yeah. I'm, I'm used to working, uh, working my butt off for, for miles <laughs> to get yeah, into no something. Doubt. Well, I remember, you know, like being a kid and, and, you know, some years we had venison and some years we didn't, you know, Maine wasn't, Maine's a great place to go, uh, whitetail hunting. Um, it's one of, it, it's my favorite, you know, just cause that's where I grew up and that's what I know, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed. It was a long, it was a long way from guaranteed. And there were plenty of years where you just didn't have the luck that you needed to get after a deer. So like the the luxury of living in a place where you can go out and sit in one of those blinds with 
with the dinner bell essentially going off in the front yard and, and, and make sure that you've got venison every year. I mean, that's just, I absolutely love it. I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. And, and some of the ways these, uh, especially the the property managers uh, manage the wildlife down here, it's just crazy. Like they, they do such a good job of making sure that the herds are healthy and that they're the populations are the right are the right size and that they're the right food supplies. I mean, they just, they're really smart about managing the ecosystem. So I, I think there's, I think, I think there's something to be said for it. And certainly it's not for everybody. And, and I love the variety of different types of hunts, but there's definitely a place for, for good old fashioned uh, deer blind hunting down here in Texas. Yeah. God bless Texas. It's a good state. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so what's what's your little bit of your professional background? I, I know you mentioned you work for Yeti. I thought I saw on your site. Did you have a background in the military as well? Yeah. So out of high school, I I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. So I, instead of wasting money on college at that point, I I jumped into the military and and spent a few years uh, over in Germany um, and. And so, you know, that was, that, that was the right decision at that time. And when I got out, um, I had been a mechanic in the military and decided to, you know, do what you know. So I, I ended up, um, going back to school when I got out of the military and, and turning wrenches for some companies. And I, I realized that I also didn't really want to turn wrenches. Uh, it, I, you know, I like to do it as a hobby and I still do it. I've, I, I've had old land cruisers that I like to work on and, nice. and kind of get back in shape. And like, that's, that's fun to me, but doing it as a job just wasn't for me. So I jumped into some management positions and long story short over, over the next 10, 15 years, I was, I was uh, fully engaged in all different aspects of the supply chain. So transportation, warehousing, all that sort of stuff. And Yeti needed that support back in early 2015 and um, super fortunate. I mean, I'm, I feel like one of the luckiest people on the planet to have linked up with Yeti back then. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it was a perfect time growing like a weed, um, had the opportunity to go in there and have an impact and, and be a part of this uh, really special environment. And, um, and so, you know, I was, I translated that that work that I had done, um, in these logistics worlds into, uh, the outdoor industry through Yeti. And it was just, it, it couldn't, have, couldn't have happened more, uh, perfectly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how I got introduced. And then I think it, it was like a couple of years into that job. And I realized that like, it was really unique the way Yeti was, was, uh, run, you know, that the people there, the environment, the culture, just, you know, from, from having, um, you know, boat trips as, as a summer tradition where you go out with the rest of the office on a boat on a lake and, and drink. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. Like it's not common to see that, you know, we had mechanical bulls on top of parking garages, you know, (laughs) it just like things weren't normal, you know, and it was in the, and, and, and in the best possible ways. And so I realized that that was kind of like lightning in a bottle a bit. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's super like the likelihood of running into that again at some other, uh, employer was really low. Yeah. And, and, and so I was like, all right, it's time to, it's time to start thinking about what comes after Yeti because Yeti will change and, and, and it'll get bigger and, and more corporate and that's natural for, for companies like that. So, oh, yeah. so what am I going to do to avoid having to ever work? in a, like a kind of big corporate environment again. And, uh, the solution was just make my own company. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, that's way cool. That's way cool. Yeah. It's always, 
it's always great to mix like real world job experience maybe from another industry to more of a passion industry and then when you kind of you know mend those two together good things happen and it sounds like that's kind of what's happening with with uh your company Woodroad gear and uh kind of getting that off the ground when uh when was kind of the initial kind of i guess one tell us what Woodroad gear uh company is and then i guess what was the initial aha moment kind of the idea of getting it all started yeah so um Woodroad is you know we're we're a gear company, and right now our product line consists of socks, alpaca wool socks. And and the the idea was um, that we'd call it, or I'd call it Woodroad Gear, uh, because socks is where it starts. It's not where it ends. Uh, we've got some additional products coming up this fall that I'm pretty excited about to get outside of the sock world. But it, it all really kind of started um, based on that thought that I was mentioning about just knowing that I would want to work for myself at some point. And so I, being around the founders of Yeti, you know, these guys were ultra entrepreneurs. Um, I had no experience being an entrepreneur. I thought it just made sense to, to learn as much as I could from them. So back in, I guess it was like 2017, I really started putting um, pen to paper, trying to figure out what that company would be. And what products we would make and how that would work. And, and I knew that I didn't want to compete with Yeti. I wanted to stay far away from anything that they were doing or might be doing. So that took most of the kind of hard goods types of products out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I also knew that I had, uh, there were a couple of brands of socks that I was wearing at the time. And I couldn't, I couldn't really get excited about either one of them. Um, one was, uh, reasonably comfortable, but I'd wear a hole in them after, let's say, six to ten wears. And the other one, um, they they lasted a really long time, but they were just not comfortable at all. Like, it was an effort to put them on, and I don't know, it's just, yeah. it seemed like no one was threading the needle on just a good pair of socks. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I was like, alright, well, I, I can figure this out, and um, and at the end of the day, if I create a new sock line that that thinks about materials differently that thinks about how they should feel and how they should wear differently and and nobody wants to buy them well that's fine i've got a lifetime supply of socks and i'll like <laughs> i'll have the most comfortable feet for the rest of my life so uh so that's how that's how kind of it started and um I was fortunate to link up with a couple of uh, great designers and suppliers to test out a bunch of different materials and we looked at uh, bamboo and we looked at merino and looked at cotton and looked at all these other things and and uh, landed on alpaca. And after trying out a couple of different blends, the ones that we use now for our Nada Llama uh, sock line, they're just, it's so soft. It's so silky. It's just like, I don't know. I, I don't want to wear any other socks. So, <laughs> so, so once I found that, I was like, all right, this is the one. I'm taking it to market and I'm going to see what I can do. And so that was back in probably got the finished product sometime in mid to late 2018 and then launched in the end of 2018, just, just basically put a website up um, and then just sold product between then and, and now. And, and the beginning of this year, it was time to, I, I really believe uh, that there's a, a, a big, uh, opportunity here a large runway ahead of us especially with just the the number of different products that we're thinking about um to have a really cool brand that that will that will 
be a great place to work for a lot of people eventually, make some incredible products. Um, and so it was time to leave Yeti and, and just set out on my own and try to figure it out. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and like, you know, like definitely this side of gear, uh, like socks in particular, I mean, it just applies to a number of different industries, hobbies, whatever. I mean, from everyday wear to farming, to manufacturing, to hunting, to whatever. I mean, it's, that's, what's nice about a product like this. It's very broad. You're not like, so like the hunting industry can be very like small sector as, as you know. Yep. Um, yep. but when you are able to reach a very broad market with a lot of opportunity, I think, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. You, you kind of diversify, put your eggs in more baskets and, and, uh, kind of have some more options to look at. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's so important. I mean, it's also, you know, like I came back to hunting, I'd say, um, you know, five, six years ago after being away from it for a long time. And I think there's a lot of people out there that will probably tell that same story. And so how is a company that's making socks, do we kind of link these communities together that aren't, that aren't kind of natural bedfellows? So Mm -hmm. if you think about people that are out hiking and exploring, they might be great hunters. They might love to pick up archery. They may, they may be perfect candidates for uh, kind of extending the the life of, of hunting as we know it in the U S. And so as a brand like Woodroad, I think we have an opportunity to tell that story to a lot of different audiences and do it in a way that kind of unites those groups and helps bring them together. And I think there's, I think if we tell the stories right and we make the right products that really kind of stretch across those different pursuits, I think, I think we'll be able to uh, kind of help foster that conversation where hunting isn't just this, isn't just this thing that a, a select few people do, but it's, it's more of a normal part of understanding your food supply and, and, and knowing where, where wildlife comes from. hundred percent, hundred percent. And when you, you talked about like some of the different material options, like early on, you mentioned bamboo. Is that like people, like that's actually a thing. There's socks made yeah, out of bamboo. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's socks, shirts, there's all kinds of stuff. Really? Bamboo is a great material. I won't say that it's not coming. Uh, it, it, there may be products that you'll see from Woodroad in the future with bamboo. It's a great material. Yeah. Um, but it's, but it wasn't the right material for for the socks at the time. So yeah, how yeah, did you it, how mean, did you settle on alpaca? Like what? Or I know you have some different materials, and it's a blend of certain things. But why alpaca? What's what was the reasoning behind that? Well, so I, my my actually my parents have a have a small farm up in Maine, and um, oh wow, and cool. they had they had a couple of alpacas, and and they were always talking about how they wanted to. Um, they wanted to to use the wool for different things and it it just kind of while it was interesting for conversations that we were having i was never really dialed into it you know and so later as i'm thinking about different materials that those conversations came back to mind and i was like well why don't i look into that and see see what's going on and it turns out you know when you look at out the alpaca fibers it they're smoother they're they're more breathable than merino they're stronger they actually, they're, they're more hollow than Merino. So they insulate better. It's, I mean, they're just the properties of alpaca are just better than Merino kind of end to end. Yeah. And so the, the one thing, um, the one thing I knew was that I didn't want to do Merino because everybody was doing Merino. And while it's a great material, I didn't want a me too product, you know? So, so I just, 
that conversation stuck in my head with my, with my folks about them being so passionate about it. So I started doing research and we tested a bunch of different blends. So we, we started off with hundred percent alpaca. We did 50%. We did 30%. We ended up landing on 15%. So, so, um, you know, 85% of the sock is synthetic materials and 15% is alpaca. And what we found is that it gives us the right amount of benefit from the alpaca, but then it also gives us some like really nice durability and some crazy stretch. One of the things that people say they love most about the products is that, that they're super uh, stretchy. And when it's, it's a weird thing, this somebody, uh, somebody stopped me when I was at a show and they said, you know, the, my favorite part about this, and you've probably never heard this is I don't like to untie my shoes. And so what I, uh, the, your socks are so, uh, kind of smooth that I don't have to untie them. I just slip my foot into my shoe and it doesn't ruin the, 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 uh, <laughs> the back part of my shoe. I was like, come on. Like that's, it's the use case that you never thought of, but it's yeah. those little things that like, it just, it just makes a better product. And I think, I think we've got something that's, that I'm super excited about. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you guys sent me, sent me a pair and I've definitely been, been wearing them quite a bit. And yeah, that was, that was one of the initial things that I noticed was just like the stretch and like, they don't, they don't like, I have the not a llama uh, knee highs and they don't slide down your leg, you know, which is, which is kind of annoying with other, (laughs) with other socks. And then, and then the biggest thing, like, I'll just admit, you know, with Merino, like, my feet freaking stink, like, especially like hiking your <laughs> boots and, you know, doing those yep, yep. couple day trips, backpack hunts, whatever. Uh, right. And, and, and I was, I legit was wearing these for like two, three days and, and they did not smell at all. I mean, I was, I was like, what the, what the hell's going on here? This is pretty, pretty right. crazy stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I can I see mean, why you went with that. Totally. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's a huge benefit. I, you know, one of the things that I did and it's, it's kind of gross, but, uh, when I first got, I got the first pair that I was, I was like, all right, this is the one. And I, I was actually taking a trip to Asia, um, for Yeti and I was going to be there for about four weeks. And I brought that one pair of socks and I just wore them every single day for that, <laughs> for the entire trip. And I was like, if I, if I wear them out, uh, I'm so screwed because I don't have any other socks and I don't even know where to buy socks and, you know, in these Asian countries. So, yeah. and, so I, I, I wore them and they worked great. I did have the hotels wash them a couple of times, but, uh, but for the most part, I was just wearing them every day and it's pretty gross, but they, they worked awesome. And then when I got back, I took that same pair and went up to back home to Maine to, uh, this, there's a mountain called Katahdin. It's the, it's the tallest mountain in Maine. And, um, went up there for a couple of days and just hiked parts of the Appalachian trail and tried to get after it. Same kind of stories, just bringing that one pair. And they, and they held up. I still actually wear those pair today. So, I mean, like that, that to me was like all the proof that I needed that I was onto something. And, and so I, I just, you know, like at the end of the day, it's same thing, same story as before. Like if, if nobody else wants them, I, I have a lifetime supply and my feet are going to be comfortable as hell. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Well, I, I don't think, I don't think that'll be the case. I mean, this once people try them, man, I was, like I said, I was, yeah. I was pretty impressed with them. My, my first nice. initial, uh, run for sure. And I what, appreciate that. yeah, yeah, no problem. What, what were like some of your, like, so obviously you have this idea, you kind of start testing blends, 
Um, what was like the design process like? Uh, like? Did you work with different companies? Do you design, like, are you experienced in like CAD? Like, I don't even know how you come up with like the design aspect and the drawings and initial concepts, but like what were some of the, what did all that process look like? And then finding like the right supplier to manufacture is that, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I actually, I found a designer who had contacts um, that were, that were also manufacturers. So it was just a perfect setup. Um, and so I was working with this designer and, and I, I actually created a couple of different like hand drawn sketches. So it's just, and I can't, I can't draw. If you saw the sketches <laughs> I'm talking about, like, do you they, still have those? It, yeah. I, 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 You're going to want to keep I those. Do. Yeah. Those, yeah, those yeah. will be cool yeah, down the road. Do. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, uh, I, I'll just tell everybody that my daughter drew them when she was four. Cause that's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, it's funny. But, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're terrible sketches, but because, um, my designer is really good at what she does. Um, she was able to translate that into the sock uh, design. And, and, and when not only did I have those designs, but then it was the features, you know, like I, I want there to be the right amount of arch support. I want the socks to not like crew socks shouldn't fall down after you put them on. So what, what type of knitting do we need to make sure they stay up on your calf? Like all of that sort of stuff. So I had these requirements plus this, this little crappy drawing and, and she just was, uh, she was a genius and came up with, um, a few different designs that she sent over and, and eventually we got to the right one. But it's, I mean, that's, that's the fun part of starting your own business is like, you got to figure all that stuff out at the beginning, you mm-hmm. know, like you've got to, you've got to figure out even little things like how should I, how should I incorporate or how should I set up a business entity and how should I set up a bank account and how should I pay yeah. vendors and how do I get money to do this? And like all of that stuff is just, it's fascinating. And so even beyond just the socks, it's just been a really fun adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the process, right? Of there's no playbook. Yeah. There's no one telling you how to do it. You're just literally figuring it out as it goes and you run into one wall and you've, you, you find a way to get around it or go over it or, you know, blow through it. Uh, you know, a lot of different ways to, to skin a cat and that's it yeah it's just cool i'm sure you're gonna look back on this and and it's like this is the whole process it's part of the journey of uh of a startup and and then you know growing it to something bigger so that's that's neat really cool yeah it's it's awesome how so like how long would you say that process took like from maybe you're starting to work you you find the right manufacturer who can also work with you on the design like is that like a six month was that was that a year? Um, what yeah. did that kind of timeline look like? Yeah, it probably took a year from uh, kind of the first um, first concept to getting the perfect product in hand. And I think that would have been a lot faster, but I was working full time at Yeti. So this was, you know, this was something that when I got home from, you know, working a very full day at Yeti, I would, I would uh, you know, log into my work computer for for wood road and i'd start getting after it and and work you know late at night doing that and then on on weekends and whatever else so if i'd been doing it full time it probably would have been a lot faster but it took about a year and and now now that i'm um now that i'm putting a lot more energy and attention toward it it feels like that that's true and there's a lot more opportunity to build momentum you know yeah 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 100 percent. and um yeah i guess you know the thing for me 
like I guess real world application as far as western hunting, mounting hunting, mountain hunting, western hiking. I mean just just general outdoor use. I mean, I've I haven't had a ton of issues with my feet, but I definitely can get some blisters uh for sure and do you, do you feel like socks like you could have the best boots in the world as far as like hunting and they fit great but if your socks are not good at all like they're just a cheap like cotton pair of socks or just not a good fit like do you feel like that kind of undermines like your your total setup with your boots like do you think that's got to go hand in hand like sock choice with boots or does it not matter as much no i totally it totally does um you know and and I, I think you can have the best boots on the planet, but if you throw a pair of cotton socks on them, uh, like on before you put the boots on, like you're just, you're kind of asking for problems. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it also depends on how far you're getting after it. You know, if you're, if you're going to your, uh, if you're going to your blind from your truck and it's, and it's 20 yards, um, <laughs> you know, you're going to be slippers. all right, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You may not be as comfortable as, uh, as you might be otherwise, but like you're, you're going to be fine. But if you're getting onto some of these like backcountry tracks and really putting some miles in, um, you've got to have boots that are, that are, that fit your feet. Well, you've got to make sure that you're, they're broken in. So, you know, I, I've, I've talked to so many people who have had issues because they didn't break in their boots and they got some new ones that they heard were great. And so they go out on a before they before they even wear them in they're out on a track and then wondering why they've got blisters after you know the first few hours so i I think you've got to you got to do the right thing with the boot by just making sure it fits you well and that you're putting the time into breaking them in on the sock side i think you can just kind of crush all that uh, all that work by just putting on a shitty pair of socks so i I think you got to have both um and i one of the things people um don't realize is that like blisters come in a lot of cases from uh, just where you don't have good breathability. So mm-hmm. if, if your socks aren't letting your foot breathe, you're just going to kind of, you, it's going to be prone to, to getting blisters. And, and I think that's, that's another reason that we want to wear with alpaca just because it's, it's so breathable. It's such a good material for that, um, that, you know, it's, it's really good to keep the blisters at bay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And you said, said alpaca has like a hollow it's like a hollow fiber or something like that does that help with like kind of the the wicking and and the performance as well yeah it does it it, it's really that's part of why it's so good at at wicking moisture is because there's more places for the moisture to go um and it also because because of that uh structure it if you're hunting in a place like let's say you're in you're in Idaho late into the season and it's cold as shit out. You know, at the end of the day, you've got, um, if your feet get wet, you cross a stream or something like that. If you're wearing cotton or even some Merino blends, your, your feet could get cold, um, even when they're wet. And that's just, that's a recipe for disaster in places like that. And alpaca does a really nice job of maintaining uh, the temperature with your feet, even when they get wet. So it was, it was kind of like all those things that just made it seem like the right fiber. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Now, what what is the big difference between merino wool and alpaca wool? Is merino like is that a sheep? Does that come from a certain type of sheep, yeah. or where is that based out of? Yeah, it's a it's a sheep. Uh, Merino is is a sheep based wool, and alpaca is is alpaca. Yeah. But the um, you know the the 
the fibers on merino they're fantastic they're really it's a really good material it's just not as smooth um a fiber as alpaca and it's just not it, it just it's like everything that merino is good for alpaca is better for wow. so it's 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 not that merino's it's not that merino's bad i mean we we act we have a our ankle socks that we sell are are a merino blend and they're they're great but we uh we're bigger fans here of alpaca than merino because we think it just does everything a little bit better yeah yeah and i, would, and I think I you know like so. here, yeah it, it, we i was sitting down with a there's a really cool uh a couple of stores here in in texas called los cazadores and and they they really cater to the uh, like hardcore hunt fish crowd. I mean, they're really authentic about what they do. It's a, it's a great store. And uh, I was talking with, uh, with one of the owners about, um, about, you know, their, their business model and, and some of the other things they had going on. And, and I had given them some socks and he had sent them out to uh, a sheep guide out in West Texas. And, um, he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you my feedback when he gives me his feedback. And, and he, I told him to take them out for a couple of weeks, uh, take the socks and just wear those socks by themselves not, or, or not with, without boots, but you know, <laughs> yeah. all that, 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 that one pair of socks for a couple of weeks on this hunt and give his feedback. So we're sitting there, we're actually having dinner and, and he, he pulls out his phone and he's got a text and he's reading. He's like, he got a text while we were sitting there from that guy saying that these are his favorite socks now uh, after that nice. couple of weeks. And hey, so that's, that's like something. getting that val, yeah, getting validation from people that are actually out in the field doing the work and putting the miles in and really count on gear to, 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 to make the adventure work like that. That's the piece that really hit home and, um, makes me feel like we're on to something. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I've got them in my hands here right now. Where's the, so the, like the stretch that comes from more of the spandex side, uh, yeah, does that make right. the stretchy yep. material? And then, and then how about the like polyester, where does that come into play? Like, is that dirt? Is that more the dirt? Build? Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's super durable. And so it like, yeah, that's that part of its structure. So, you know, if you don't have, if you don't have those synthetic materials on there, when you make a sock, like let's say you make it out of 100% um, alpaca wool, it's just not going to have the shape that you need um, to. Like it's not going to hug your foot in the right places. It's not going to. It's not going to be stretchy where you can pull it on and take it off easily. Like it's it's just not. It's not going to wear uh, as well as the as the blend. So just that that was the conscious decision. It's also you know those fibers um, uh, alpaca wool can shrink. So if you if you made a hundred percent alpaca wool sock um, and you ran it through a regular wash and, and through a, a regular temperature dryer, like that sock's going to get small quick. Yeah. You know? Got it. And so, and so even though that 15% will shrink a little bit um, in, in our products, like because of the blend, like it's, it, you can wash it and dry it as many times as you want. You'll put it on. It'll still feel great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, while we're on that, is there is there a certain way to wash them? Like ideally, like you should uh, abide by, or is it just kind of go with it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all 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 socks that have those natural materials, like the ideal way is to is to wash uh, on like a, a cold or even maybe a warm cycle, um, and then to air to just hang dry. Like okay. that's that's the that's the way to do it. Um, but I've never done that. 
<laughs> like I, you know, like my, you know, like the socks just go in the, they just go in the laundry, they go in the washer, they go in the dryer, and I put yeah. back on. So like, it, there is a there is a right way to do it. I don't follow that path. So yeah. So I I I do know of people. You know, we've had customers that have have told us that that that's what they do and. Like, hey, everybody's got their, their method, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for yeah. me, I, uh, yeah, I don't do it. Yeah, got so. it, got it. Yeah, it seems, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, I didn't know, I mean, I just, you think of a sock or if somebody that's not really in that world like myself, you just kind of think of a sock as a sock and you think merino wool, everybody's wearing it, it's great, but it's kind of like what you've developed here is, it's almost like a chemistry, like science, you know, like you found this right blend of all these materials and now they're all working cohesively together to, to be the ultimate sock, man. That's really cool. I yeah, love it. I, yeah. Thanks, man. I really, I, I think so. I think we're, we're kind of approaching it like, you know, if I, if I want to go hunting and I look at the gear that I'm wearing, what gear is working phenomenally well and what gear is not. And so that's how we're thinking about future products. And, you know, if I'm spending time around the ranch, if I'm you know, any of the pursuits that, that, that I want to go do, uh, if, if the, if the materials aren't working right, or the structure's not working right, I want to address it. And now, you know, having this company as a, as a vehicle to address some of those things, it's just super exciting to think about, you know, we're not going to get into like technical camo and stuff like that. You know, the, the Numas and Sitkas and, um, you know, first light, they do a great job. They yeah. can keep doing a great job, you know? So like, I don't, there's no, there's nothing to be gained, uh, to go and try to enter that market because they're, they're doing it. So I want to look at products that, um, you know, whether it's sitting by uh, a campfire at the ranch or it's, or it's, Going, doing some backcountry hiking or whatever and look at the total gear package and say what's being forgotten about what's being left out and then let's go address that for sure for sure yeah. now let's uh i kind of just want to go uh, through kind of your lineup right now uh you call it the nada llama it's spelled n-a-d-a llama like where yeah. how did you come up with that name like uh, well where'd that come from like, so people people think of alpaca uh, and and llamas is basically interchangeable, uh, and they're super, <laughs> and they're super similar. So it's just kind of a play on it. Like it's <laughs> got not, it. It's not a it's not yeah, a llama. Not it's a llama. llama. Got it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Very yeah. cool. That's so there's funny. no there's no llama in that stock. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So you have yeah. basically the sock that I have is, is essentially the knee high. You know, comes up further on the leg, obviously, and then the crew sock comes more more like mid shin kind of area or above the ankle. Yep. yep. That's right. Yeah. And then we've got uh, quarter socks that um, we're fortunate that people love them. They sold out pretty quick. Um, and we've got some, uh, we've got more coming in. I, I think they'll be back in stock sometime in mid July. If I, if I am thinking of the shipping dates correctly. So, um, so yeah, we will have those those three in the Nautilamas. Then we have uh, some ankle socks uh, that are the merino wool, um, and then we'll have some additional colors that'll be coming out a little bit later this year uh, for for most of that. Okay, cool. Yeah, and and when it comes to like for example a knee high versus crew sock as far as a hunting scenario, like why would you go with a knee high versus a crew? 
And I guess where, where does the application fall? Is it just more like personal preference of what people are feeling or is there like some certain applications you should look at based on what you choose? Yeah. So, so it's a great question and, and it's, most of it's tied to personal opinion. So you have, I mean, people are really particular about the types of socks they'll wear. And in Texas, you know, a lot of people wear cowboy boots and, um, it's, it's funny that the people that I know, uh, I, I happen to know what type of socks they like to wear. Cause it's just, that's the way it goes when yeah. you have a sock company. Uh, so the, and, and I've, and I know people that will only wear knee highs. I know people that will only wear crews. I know people that will only wear uh, ankle socks. And so it's totally personal preference for me. I, I use them for different occasions. So like when I'm, um, if I'm wearing, um, like, you know, running shoes or something like that. I'm always going to, or most of the time I'm going to the ankle socks. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm wearing my snake boots, cause I'm getting out in the country and like, I don't, I would prefer not to get bit by a copperhead. Like <laughs> I, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear the knee highs because I just, I like that feel. Um, yeah. and, and same for cowboy boots. If I'm doing my, if I've got my hiking boots on or, or uh, trekking boots or whatever, like I'm probably wearing the cruise and then the, the angles or the quarter socks, I, those are kind of like my Swiss army knife socks almost like I, I wear them to do most everything. I like yeah. mountain biking or if I'm going out to uh, my buddy's uh, place to shoot arrows and, and drink a couple beers, I'm throwing those on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good all purpose uh, sock right there. Yeah. It always feels, it always feels a little weird when you have like ankle socks on with like your hiking boots or your, you know, <laughs> yeah. your hunting boots that come way up above your ankles and your shins. It's like, ah, this doesn't feel quite right, but I'm lazy. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just going to roll with it anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, there's the sock for every occasion. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah. Very cool. And yeah. as far as like the sizing, is there, I saw on your website, you kind of have like a sizing guide. Um, this kind of looks like there's kind of like some crossover of small, medium, medium large like there's a little bit of overlap between the sizes it seems like or pretty for some of them at least like um talk to us a little bit about the sizing yeah so uh you know there there there's some pretty interesting gimmicks that are happening out there right now in the sock world like there's people are trying to claim that there's a left and right sock um (laughs) which is which is you know they are designing them specifically for left your left and right foot but if you can name one person on the planet that will recognize the benefit of that in reality, <laughs> like I'd love to meet him. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's just, it's a marketing deal. And the Minuscule same for, games, uh, probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the, and the, the same is true for companies that are like, Hey, are you tired of, of these, you know, socks that fit multiple sizes? Well, ours are specifically for your one size. Like that's, it's such bullshit. Like at, <laughs> yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, like, like that's why we have stretch. That's why we use stretching materials because like they're going to fit great for a number of different sizes. And, and we haven't, you know, we haven't had anybody come back and be like, man, these just, these don't work because they say they're for a, a nine to 12 and I'm, I'm a 10 and it just doesn't feel like it works, you know? So yeah. we, 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 because of the materials we use and because of the, of the blend, like it just makes sense to, to get whatever fits your, for your range, you know? And I think like people try to get too technical with products sometimes, you know, like whether it's, whether it's the camo pattern, 
on on a hunting uh, jacket or something, you know, like there there's I don't know who said it, but there is a quote that's like more deer have been killed wearing, uh, you know, flannel and jeans <laughs> yeah. than any camo pattern out there. So, like, <laughs> I think sometimes brands will get a little over complicated with some of the, the nuance. And uh, and for for Woodrow, like we just want to be real and and like we know a good sock. We make a good sock. So yeah. Like. If you want a left and a right, we're not your company. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, we will, but we will provide you a great pair of socks. Yeah, practical functionality. I think that's yeah. you know that's the key. I, I completely agree. I think we can all get caught up in, oh man, we got to have the the lightest weight, best you know camo brand. Yeah, you know, just like all these different things. And at the end of the day, I mean, I find myself wearing more like my just like solid colors like I, I want the I want the quality of the materials and the in the and the gear and the product I could care less necessarily yeah the the colors and um obviously fit and all that stuff matter but um you know I just want something that works and and yeah, we'll, we'll right. do the job uh I could care less uh, the the necessarily the pattern or how it looks you know <laughs> yeah 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 and, and we try to and I think we do a good job with trying to make make the products look right. And, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I love the designs, but it, still it's, it's function first and, and then, um, and then kind of the visual aesthetic second, but, um, and, and I think that'll be, that'll always be true. But at the same time, you've got to have enough of an eye for what, uh, people will want to wear. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a balance there for sure, but it, it always, it's always led by function. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and I guess, Talk to us a little bit about some of your price points. I mean, that was one thing that was pretty surprising to me, um, you know, looking at your website based on alpaca. Obviously, it's probably a more expensive material, but it seems like your price points are really reasonable for, for what you have going on. Yeah, I think I think the idea is that um, I've, I've, I don't want to, I'm not trying to uh, rip anybody off. I think that's what it comes down to. Like at the end of the day, there's a math equation that says all of the costs of the product equals this. Here's how much it costs to sell it. And therefore, if I, if I want to make a little money on top of that so that I can manage the business and grow it and, and add additional products, here's what the price has to be. And I think, I think we've gotten into a world where, where people don't approach it that way as much as they will approach pricing from the standpoint of, um, you know, if the market calls for, if if there are people out there selling socks for thirty forty dollars a pair, then that's where I'll set my price point because I I want to be in that world of thirty to forty dollars a pair. I just believe that like figure out what your costs are and make it the most make it the most attractive you can for your customers based on that. You know, like I I want customers to trust that we're we're all in it together, and and that there's that we're going to add value. And I think. If, if we went up and tried to match some of these price points around, you know, 30, 40 bucks for a pair of crew socks, like it just feels dumb. Yeah. And yeah. so, so I want to, I want to stay away from that. And also I, you know, I do, you know, we, we take a lot of time uh, to, to des- design the products right and use the right material. So they're never going to be the cheapest in the market either. You know, it's not going to be a, oh, yeah. you know, you're not going to go buy a 10 pack for, for 20 bucks. It's just not, it's just not reasonable, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, yeah. Um, but we're also not going to price ourselves um, so high that it's that it's you know it's a gold standard you know like that's 
that's dumb. So I, I think we just want to be, we want to be the, at, at the right price so that, so that people uh, know that we're, we're all in it together. Yeah, for sure. And, and especially from the hunting side, um, you know, everybody talks about boots and, you know, boots, break them in, whatever. But I think, I think definitely, as you explained, the socks are a definitely important part to that whole equation. And it makes sense to spend, you know, not buy something super cheap, but you don't, you also don't need the crazy technical stuff. Like we were talking about the left and the right, uh, you know, find something that's good quality and in the middle ground and it's going to be functional. And in a hunting scenario, and I guess in a lot of things in life, your feet, if your feet are messed up, if, if your feet are hurting or something goes wrong there, that's, that's like everything on a hunt, right? So you want to make sure totally. you, yeah. you spend the money yeah. on something quality, right? Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, there's nothing that'll ruin a hunt faster than not being able to get where you need to go, and um, and that's I think that's part of the the kind of mission for us, you know, just with with making these socks. We don't, no one should, no one has, should have to slow down on an adventure just because their feet are kicking their ass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that. What a what a crappy reason to like. You want to come? You want to come back and tell like everybody's asking you how your hunt went. And you're like, well, it was great until like. Uh, a few miles in and I got this blister on my left foot and then I couldn't keep going. And you're like, come on. Like we can do better than that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're all about uh, making that adventure a little more comfortable. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, um, you mentioned, I guess you can divulge or not divulge whatever you want to do, but it sounds like you do have some other, you're kind of expanding the lineup. You're going to be getting into other gear aspects and if we got to leave it at that that's perfectly fine but it sounds like um you are going to expand into different types of gear is that correct yeah no doubt uh, i'm I, i'm really excited about uh where it's headed um we've got some we've got other clothing i'll say that's coming this fall very um, cool and I, and I think I think the designs and materials we're selecting for these are going to be are going to be great. I think people will really like them. So far, the on on the prototypes we've made, the feedback has been really good. So I think I think I think we're onto something. Um, and uh, yeah, stay tuned this uh, this fall. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited. And yeah. where um, primarily the best place to to check everything out would be the website obviously and in e-commerce you can purchase socks on there um are they available at any retailers talk to us a little bit about where we can go to find out more information and and maybe pick up a pair yeah so uh right now uh, the best place to go is is to the website woodroadgear.com and i think in the future we'll be in retail spots we are in a couple of retail stores los cazadores being uh the primary location here in texas um but as you, as you know with the with the covid uh mess that's been happening for the last uh, few months uh the retail world is is a tough place to be right now and it's, yeah. and and our our uh, mutual friend pete is out there uh trying to figure out how to how to get socks into some of these retailers but it's tough to do when they can't even open their doors uh, in a lot of cases so yeah um, the, the goal is certainly to to expand that retail footprint over time uh, that's certainly part of the growth plan um, but e-commerce will always play a, an important part and 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 certainly it's easier to control the story and make sure that when people want to learn about the products um, you, no one's going to tell it 
tell that story better than the the company itself. So I think the e-commerce experience is something that will will uh, will be a staple for forever. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah. uh, you're on social media as well, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. At Woodroad Gear Co. Um, it's um, we we we're we're pretty excited about um, the just the feedback on that as well. If you, I think. Since, since I, I left Yeti and started focusing on this, it just seems like kind of all the, the right pieces are coming together. We've got some incredible uh, photographers that, that just take incredible pictures um, that are out in the field, you know, doing, doing the ranch work, uh, get, getting after the hunts, going fishing, and, and really taking images that are really compelling. And, and so that's been a lot of fun to, to work with those, with those folks and, and come up with something that we can share with our audiences and looking forward to doing more of that in the, in the coming months, but also adding some videos uh, out there to just increase the, the value of the content we're providing to, to our customers and fans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, checking out the Instagram right now and, and wow. Yeah. You, you, you guys do, I mean, every single photos, pretty badass man like it's it's all real high quality stuff so that's uh well those, that's really that crew neat. is just so talented i mean i couldn't if you look at some of the the uh names uh for who's taken those pictures i mean those those are some of the just they're incredible photographers and i couldn't be happier with the work that they do and just capturing the the look and feel of of what we what we feel like the woodrow brand is yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, all good stuff, Justin. I've really enjoyed this and and hearing more about the company and and you know how it all gets started and the story and concept, the technical aspects of the gear and the socks and uh, really really cool stuff. I I really enjoyed it. So um, really appreciate my you. pleasure, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and um, we'll uh we'll kind of announce the details here after I'll I'll edit this in but we'll it sounds like we want to do a little giveaway of a pair of socks too so we'll come up with some some ideas for that and uh looking forward to getting a pair of socks and a, a lucky winner uh mailbox yeah, I love so that'd it. be cool very cool yeah i appreciate it it's been uh, been a lot of fun I, I appreciate the time yeah same here justin well cool well again had a lot of fun and, and we'll catch you on later all right thanks adam all right, and there it is, another episode in the books. Big thanks to Justin for coming on the show. I really enjoyed that, and at the end of the day, I, I didn't realize all of the you know technical aspects of, of socks and, and what a big difference it can make, especially in a, in a Western hunting scenario and uh, talking about all the different properties and, and, and what he's designed to make these some really badass, really comfortable, really durable uh, moisture wicking socks. I, I, uh, I'm a, I'm a believer, man. I've been wearing these things. Uh, I've been doing some shed hunting, doing some hiking in them so far. And honestly, I'm, I'm really digging them. So if, if you guys want to pick up a pair for yourselves, check out Woodroad Gears website and, uh, pick up a pair too. But in the meantime, you should also pay attention for the next minute or so of this podcast and we're going to tell you how you can enter to win a pair for yourself so we're going to announce three lucky winners and here's what you have to do in order to enter into the giveaway all right so this is all going to take place on instagram so get on instagram you have to be following transition wild on instagram you have to follow woodroad gear co on uh instagram and 
then you have to tag two friends in the comments. So follow Transition Wild on Instagram, follow Woodroad Gear Co. on Instagram, and then tag two friends in the comments of the post that mentions this podcast. So pretty pretty simple stuff. Hope you guys win. What we're going to be giving away is a pair of the ankle socks, a pair of the crew socks, and a Woodroad Gear Co branded logo hat so pretty pretty badass little package you get two pairs of socks and a hat and we're going to announce not just one winner not just two winners but three lucky winners so hopefully you guys uh you know win the package and uh i'm excited to see who all enters and and hopefully you'll get to throw on a pair of these bad boys here pretty soon so appreciate you guys tuning in as always and uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you, everyone's staying safe during this crazy time. And we'll talk to you soon.